0: Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 46. Today's podcast is an absolute cracker. But firstly, I wanna tell you about Chef Notepad. Chef Notepad is a tool where you can do all your costing for your menus. You can share your recipes, store your recipes. If you're a restaurateur or a chef, it is a must-have. Everything's in one spot on your phone. You can never lose it. You never go on looking for those recipes. Okay, also Suncoast Fresh Ordering App, Dory Ordering. You can get inspired. You can do some menu research with the newsletters. There's loads of push notifications where we can give you specials and information. It's fantastic. Suncoastfresh.com.au, the ordering app. Check that out. Today, we have Mr. Marky LeBroy. He is from the wonderful Three Blue Ducks. There's about six of them, I think, now. He is a land based hunter, uh, well, environmentalist, maybe. There is a lot of things you could say about him, but deep down, He's a chef, he's a family man, and he's a decent guy. Truly inspiring. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Marky LeBroy. How we doing? Is this are we going? How are we going? We're going. Right. Welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Marky LeBroy. LeBroy, I always thought that that was like your nickname, like Marky LeBroy. It's like something you'd yell out after catching an awesome wave or something. No. That's no, your name. No.
1: That's from the, um, it's from the Dutch colonies of Sri Lanka. So it's a Dutch burger name. So, like, a Sri Lankan Dutch name, but originally came from France
0: really yeah.
1: dad did a bit of history like I the only reason why I know that is my dad has recently done a little bit of like our family tree and what's
0: the lineage and all the rest it's of it it's a pretty cool name pretty cool name so three blue ducks that's that's uh, your gig that's my gig it's yeah? one of my gigs yeah yeah you have, how many three blue
1: ducks are there we have six three blue ducks and one Omar bar restaurant yeah, yeah.
0: I want to dive back because you know Mark you're you're a you know, pretty, um, pretty cool dude, you might say. And, um, uh, you're well respected and, and a lot of people like you and look up to you as much as that might be hard to hear, you know, it's, yeah, you, you like, know, it's, it's not, yeah. A, yeah, but, but I want to sort of get, yeah, where was your foundation when you, you left school and stuff? Where, where did you, where'd you, what'd
1: you do? So I, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a cook. Um, I started cooking with my uncle like in my school holidays when I was a grummet, like at 16, 17 and stuff. And then, and he was a chef. And then he'd actually organized for me to to do a trial with this with uh, Klaus Huber, who was a a chef that was working at J.P. Morgan. And he was the ex-head chef of the Opera House group uh, many, many moons ago. So he used to run the Ben along and all the rest of it and he was, he was he's shit hot like he was very very good cook and he was a very very patient man and he was he was extremely good to me so anyway i went for a trial with him and i got the trial and um, and yeah we i started working in there and I did, I did my most of my apprenticeship with him and um, he was just a good guide for me like within that chef within like there's an introduction into me becoming a chef and because the whole premise, like in the you know early 2000s, the whole premise was that instead of sending uh, people out into restaurants to do, like to talk business or talk deals, um, that they'd have like a really high end in-house dining facility. So there was no budget attached to this department of ours within JP Morgan. So it was a Monday to Friday, you know, you do, you start at six or start at seven and you're out of there by five, you know. So it was a pretty cushy chef job in regards to what things used to be there. It's pretty standard now because the world's turned, a bit, the industry has turned a lot softer, I think. Like it's all become a lot- Tell me, me more. Me. What's yeah, that? Tell me more. It's <laughs> <laughs> gotta be gentle. I'll, please be love it. gentle. <laughs> uh, and then, so, and then he used to, he used to be the head chef down at, uh, at uh, Nick's restaurant for his mate one night a week. And this was when Nick's seafood down at the harbor there was like, was really good. It was an amazing, you know, amazing fresh seafood. It was like the Minetti boys, they they ran that. And um, and so I used to work down there part-time after work. So I'd, you know, work two jobs and go and work the evenings down there. So he could kind of keep an eye on me. And I was like knocking around with, with other chefs that were like, it just taught me how to be a grill chef, like how to work on the line. Um, and then with Klaus it was, Unlimited budget, you know. If I was doing the fish section in TAFE, he'd buy in a box of fish for me to break down, just so my skills, you know, accelerated. Um, and he was he was amazing to me, and he saw something in me. And I was, and I came. I had a bit of a troubled youth, you know. Like I was I was a bit naughty, and you know I was like yeah, I was like a bit of a. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, just like I was a bit of a scallywag at school. Didn't like really going to school too much. You know like I come from a country town, I've got darker skin, I copped, a, I copped a real hard time in regards to like to racism so I've had my fair share of ding-dongs in my time. Um so you know growing up in the country and and you know like I was in Goulburn and Cooma for a, long, a lot of my youth so was, and going to like you know I went to St Pat's College in, in Goulburn which was an all-boys school so like you do a fair bit of bruising in those all boys schools. Um, so yeah, and then came into this restaurant world and it kind of just, it just suited me, suited my attitude. And, it is a good game, isn't it? It's yeah, not a, it's, it's a great, it's yeah. a fucking, it's an unbelievable industry. and yeah. But it also, it, it like, it's this eclectic blend of motley characters, you know. Um, but there's also, it also attracts like some really intelligent people. And I think it needs that. It needs that, that it needs to be scattered through of like the guys who just don't really, like they're not going to go to university and do a degree and then start cooking. you know. Were you like, good
0: at school? Could you spell? Or? Yeah, I know, like
1: I, I'm, it sounds like a jerk, but like if I, anything I usually try out, I do well. And when I tried to do well at school, I'd do yeah. well at school. It's just yeah. whether I wanted to sort of try. Um like I get really focused on things. Like I used to race motorcycles for a good couple of years and I was
0: extremely focused on that and ended up. It says national letter when I look it up. National level. Yeah, I like, wow, yeah national level. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: I, I enjoyed that. I was like top, top 15, 600 rider in the country at one point And so, like, I was, I was yeah, I've become very dedicated and I've got a strong sense of, like, competition in me you know yeah <laughs> they like losing um, so yeah it was it, it yeah I think that yeah I, I've had an interesting I've had an interesting pathway and I've had people that have come into my life that have sort of nurtured that like just nurtured my personality type quite well did you nick off overseas I did I did seven years um I took off overseas after I did a bit of time here I got myself into a heap of debt when I was younger um racing motorbikes and just being a gronk really um and then I took off overseas and I said I'll just do a year I'm half Swedish so I've got the European passport so my mum's from Sweden my dad's from um, Sri Lanka and then um took off overseas and I thought I was just going to do a year and then I came back sort of six and a half years later or whatever it was So, spent some time in Canada, then went to Europe, and then kicked around in Switzerland for a long time. Cooking? Also did, what's that? Cooking? Yeah, 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 cooking and working in chalets and snowboarding, and I kind of really fell into that snowboard season scene. Yeah. Um, Which was quite cool. You you get a lot of time off on the downside, and there was a couple of us that were doing it together, and we just fucking had a muck. We had the best time. You you recommend it? You obviously recommend it? I, I recommend spreading your wings a little bit and... And like, just going out and like going out and playing, like go out and play with your friends and like, you know, it's like experience what it's like to be out in the world on your own without the sort of comfort of home and family mm. and you, you know, inner circle of like your friends network.
0: I like the um, word playing. I like that we Yeah, because like I don't think we do enough of it. I definitely don't do enough of it. Yeah. Like, like
1: some people, you know, I remember my dad called me up on my 25th birthday and he's like, you're 25, you know, when are you going to get serious about your life? And I, I was I was like, fuck you mate you Not know, I love my dad but uh, you, you know and but I, it all just sort of came later for me you know I didn't feel like I needed to buckle in at a super early age
0: so you got you got a couple of business partners how many how many of you got
1: the six of us in, in total so that's another fucking Motley Crew, that and
0: they—they're all your mates. Or how do, we're how, all really, how, really close. How do you fit into being a? Is part of you blacks? Well, we started. We're actually in the original venue now. Well, this is
1: Jeff's venue. This is the this is the second venue that we that we built. Okay. Uh, next door, literally five meters away, is the first. That's the original Darks of Bronte, um, and it was Sam, Chris, and myself. We opened the doors. We had no idea that we'd be inundated with clientele the way that we were. It was kind of a really interesting time in hospitality and there was a lot of criticism around like doing cafes, like good chefs didn't do cafes, you know. Um, And Daz and I were hanging out a lot around that time. Like Daz has always been really close to me. We worked together at Tetsuya's and he's he's just this fucking English fella. (laughs) And he's super We've all got one of them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. and he's a legend, like he's he's like my brother. Mm. Um, And then we would always sort of knock around together. And when we were at Tetsu's, like I'd take him on these adventures. We'd go to the mountains or we'd go spearfishing. And you know, he's like, he's never done any
0: of that sort of stuff. How important is that? I really want to, that fun, that play, that spearfishing, you know, like, I just, like, I feel like I might've missed out on a little bit of that by just being a bit too cautious almost. But how do you just, just do that? Like you do all this cool stuff, spearfishing, you, you're always surfing, you're racing motorbikes. And you've got cool businesses how do you bring it all together and just, uh, just do I, it?
1: I, to be honest i don't think that i'd be able to have the work-life balance that i have today um if i didn't if we weren't in a collective mm. of owners sure you could make heaps more money and you know you could probably pay for a lot better people in a lot you know in senior positions but the fact that we all have each other we can all lean on each other and that we do have a strong focus of like work-life balance Mm. um i think that that has definitely helped and also super like-minded people Mm. i I met chriso surfing in morocco i met sam when he and when he and chriso came to visit me snowboarding in switzerland Mm. so it wasn't like we were on the hard graph together and then we said hey let's maybe we should do our own place like I was picking, you know, Sam had his Fruit Man and Sam business picking fruit and veg boxes and I came home for a holiday for three weeks and you know, I'm, I'm lending him a hand to pack boxes and drop them around the eastern suburbs, and he's like, "Let's do a cafe." I was like, "Mate, you're a fucking joker. You don't, you've never, you've never even worked in a restaurant. You work in a surf shop. you fucking clown." <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, so he used to work up at Surf Culture at Bondi Junction, and he's so he like, said, yeah, straight away. Sure. Was, yeah, this is a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no fucking way this would work. Yeah, okay." <laughs> but um, yeah, he he had this amazing insight and, and like foresight and, and, and ambition. Um, so he actually is the reason why the Ducks is where we are, like well, he started the Ducks, you know, Chris O was, a, he was based in Berlin for part of the year and, and then Portugal and Morocco for the rest of the year. And, um, Chris O and I stayed in, in strong contact together. I, I used to do a couple of summers with him, um, when I was living in Sweden where I'd, you know, help him out in the surf camps and do a bit of cooking and just basically fuck around and surf all day. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good fun. So we'd always stayed in contact, but we'd always had these like lifestyle choices around us. So I think that that was a strong, it's, not, it's no surprise when someone says, oh, I wanna do a four day working week or hey, let's go to the Mentories for two weeks. That's no, that's no surprise to yeah. like, we can't do that. What about the business? You know, like, w- like we work towards making it at work. I'm maybe not the best representative of like, you know, like sometimes I might prioritize my hobbies or my fun over the business but Is i think they a that, part of the brand as well like you
0: know like i it's, think
1: that has massively become yeah. that way like it's interesting to hear you say you know when you have a look online about you know who we are or who i am as part of the duck as part of the ducks that there's you know a strong element of like fun and play and hobby you know i don't think that there's too many other restaurant groups that have that that lifestyle mm. attached
0: to them Isn't, i i couldn't find a photo of you in a suit <laughs> even I even wear a suit. I wore a suit at my own wedding. Yeah, did so, and um, yeah, so that's probably the only one. But um, yeah, so you know, you guys are serious business people, but you, you've been able to balance it with. Um... I, I think it helps. Like I, I
1: just had a you know seven days away for the Red Deer Raw, um, down in Holbrook, like that's chasing right. the Red Deer, and it you know like living out in the bush and eating wild meat and cooking over the fire and sleeping under the stars. It's like, it's just, I think it's super grounding. And Mm. you know, it brings, I think it brings it all back to like, you know, what, what are we doing this for? You can get so absorbed into like creating new business and driving new business. But, and, and then it's like, what's it for? Like Mm. how much time are you spending with your family? How much Mm. time are you spending with your friends? How how do you balance that, Uh, uh, you got a beautiful wife, um, baby? Yeah, we have a baby girl, Ava. So, yeah, had an interesting weekend. We just spent the weekend in the hospital. She had like a, she had a very serious chest infection. So we're on the, in the children's ward over the weekend. So that was like the first taste of, yeah, I don't feel like I'm scared by too much to be totally honest with you. But that was seriously frightening to see your daughter in this, you know, condition where she's labouring to breathe and food chew and you know it's just like mm. it's fucking horrible this one was born Scarlett down to my
0: left here was you know she was born like 32 weeks or something yeah in right. a box for the first eight weeks of her life and yeah um, yeah it sort of it does change a little bit i think i had kids at 20 so i think that's, yeah why i got real serious really early. so yeah. i think i'm just starting to have fun now yeah a lot of traveling but i you know <laughs> hanging out with uh blokes like you and james trying to shoot and whatever you know <laughs> haven't done a lot of it but uh, i'll get there yeah um, yeah. yeah so so that's um that's that's the story now you've written three four how many books have you guys written we've, we've written three books yeah. they're cookbooks they're not it's not like there's no there's no <laughs>
1: fucking words of wisdom in there you know
0: <laughs> but the problem is that so how do you how do you keep changing what you know it's a wanky question but how do you get sort of inspired to do the food like you know after a while is it yeah i think like i'm
1: a i'm a proper cook like i'm a proper cook as in like (laughs) like it's it's my hands it's my hands and my mouth that is like the is the thing that works with my body like I can talk a little bit I can I'm good with my hands and I I feel like you know like I'm starting to learn and enjoy my palate after all these years of doing it so it's like I genuinely get super excited about creating something Delicious to eat, and I want to share it with with other people, not to receive the praise, or sometimes maybe to receive the praise because we're all a little bit like, mm. you know, hedonistic where we like but, you know, having our pump our tyres pumped up, but also be like, do you try this? Like, is it having the same effect as on me uh, on you as it is on me? Mm. So, I think that like, yeah, I, I genuinely get super excited. Like, I was at home and I made these smoked brisket rolls with sauerkraut and pickles and. Texas barbecue sauce yesterday and I was fucking losing my mind. You know? like, <laughs> it and, is, I'm, and it's
0: just me. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: it's, this is amazing.
0: It's, sometimes cooking for yourself, by yourself, is one of the best rewarding experiences in that you've just crisped up the, say it's, say it's a steak sandwich, You know, oh. to get that exactly right with the crispy bread and the steak cooked perfectly, but it doesn't, not chewy and just pulls away and the yeah. right amount of onion yeah. sauce. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: But then there's other sides where you it, like you'll have I'll have you know, crisp breads, pickled onions, mm-hmm. and tin sardines, and be like, "This is good." Yeah. You know, like this is proper good. So, I don't know. I think, yeah. <sighs> Tell me about your question. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go back to my question. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I forgot about it already. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Yeah, I, I think that like having a strong mm-hmm. uh, having a strong passion for for, for food, I haven't really. I don't really keep up to date with what's trending, or I actually don't eat, eat out in a lot of restaurants. You know, I just kind of, we just kind of do do our thing and you meet different people that come into the business and they have different ideas or, you know, different chefs and it's very collaborative in here. So it's always very exciting to see what other people are doing and how they interpret what the duck's ethos is around food and then it sort of just sort of develops from there.
0: Tell me about your time in Byron. I mean, obviously you're still there, but um, tell us about... When you were up there, really doing the setup, you met young Sammy Johnson. He actually told me yesterday when I I just sort of get you know ask a few people about you, and uh, he said you can't surf very good. Is that true? I'm not a very good surfer. <laughs> I'm not a very good surfer. You're supposed to defend. He's yourself? Like, <laughs> Sam, Sam fucking shreds. Actually, he's he does, he
1: he? a good surfer. He's not a bad fisher either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Surfing, I, I'm from the country. Like mm. I didn't start surfing until I was in Portugal <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I was 25 years old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up with it, um, but yeah, I've always been drawn more to like the hunting gathering side of the ocean. Like I've been a free diver and spear fisherman for 22 years or 25 years or whatever it is now. So uh, like I'm looking for the ocean when it's clean and clear and calm, mm. not when it's when It's big, but as I met the boys and started surfing a lot more, yeah, and also having the wave pool in uh, in Melbourne. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. I've been, I've, I've, oh, yeah. I that's one of the your restaurants. Skills are I've gonna been.
0: carve up there now. Well, yeah, I, I, I can squat down and get a little barrel. Yeah, that's oh, that's, that's it. Leap. I lived in Borough for years and and uh and looked at the ocean, the old combi, but um, uh, yeah, sort of got as far as uh, you know, not a board just a bit longer than me I was pretty happy just to get up on that and get. Oh, mate, that.
1: I've gone to heaps more volume now I love having a bit more volume before I thought it was like a sign of being shit that you, you know you're it surfing on bigger is. boards massively <laughs> we're not going to talk about that <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah I enjoy living up there in Byron I enjoyed the setup. Um Byron definitely what it isn't uh, you know what it is today when we did that just you know six years ago now it's yeah. like it's changed so much um, I feel like we may have well, kind of like, you know, the Harvest Boys went up there and, and they were doing really good things. And I kind of think that we sort of came along and, and had another crack at it and won a couple of accolades for the work that we were doing. And now it seems to be a bit of a driving food hub and mm. it's a bit of a scene up there. It's not really for me anymore, to be honest. But yeah. um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of good food happening. A lot of pe- like a lot of lovely, lovely people that live up there. So. Um, and there's one in Brisbane, Brisbane too? That's right, we're in the W Hotel in, yeah. in Brisbane there. How often do you get up there? Not so often. I do the setups. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I did the setup of I did the setup of Brisbane. The only one I missed was OMA because uh, Hannah and I got married, like, right at the opening. Um, but then, you know, Nimbo I've done, these two I've done, Rosemary I've, I've also was there for the opening, and then Melbourne. So... Yeah, I, I kind of like it when it's new and shiny and needs the systems and building the teams and mm. all that sort of stuff. I I enjoy that the initial stages of trying to create what's it, what's Three Blue Ducks culture within
0: a new venue. How do you maintain that super high culture? That how do you, how do you keep it running? Like, obviously you put good people in there, but is it because I know that you know you guys got a lot of energy and you know do you have to go back in and, and make sure? Yeah, that you have to. You
1: like you. You have to bring it. You know, like I think you know, you have um you have your workplace persona, you know, and I think that the staff have an expectation of you, like they've you know, they see you mug on one of the books or you've you know, you do the bloody T V show or whatever and you know, Andy's on the show, on the T V buddy every night of the week. Mm. Um, you know, and they people that come to work at the ducks want to be a part of something, and we want them to be a part of something because we feel as though this is something to be a part of. Um, so, you, you like you need to you need to come with energy and enthusiasm. You need to make people feel mm. empowered. Um, you know, and you you want to make people feel as though that this is a creative space and a harnessed space, and but also there's you know there's times to fuck around, and there's times to like get on with it and get the job done. So, I think that. We we have fun. Like my work life is, I I enjoy coming to work. I
0: it's fun. Yeah, I think that that's the key to it all. Okay, I get that. But and I and I have fun too. I'm pretty much classroom clown at work and. Um, um. You know, we, we have a, a lot of fun, but how do you balance? Uh, how does Three Blue Ducks balance that? Because you got this—it's an empire, you know, like it's a brand. It's well, a, there's people it's a who movement. aren't fun. Like no, there's there's people that we You employ, got them, okay? Yeah, we, there's people that we employ that aren't fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and they rack you over the knuckles. Can you, you, you name them, please? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paul Duhas.
0: <Dewhurst. laughs> okay. pain in the
1: arse. Um, uh, no, and you know, like there's people who were answerable to now as well you know we sort of wear two hats like I'm an employee on one side and I'm a director of my own company on another so or our company um so you know I'm beholden to my business partners but I'm also beholden to the role that I play as a essentially as an employee so but it's it's just it's strange because like it's not just a restaurant it's not just one restaurant or two restaurants anymore it's a restaurant group and then there's 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 like a lifestyle brand that's attached to three blue dunks and we never we didn't sit around on a boardroom table and say all right guys so uh how are we going to you know create the perception within the general public that this is what we are like it just sort of came our way we've had a lot of media attention i think we've been we've been very very lucky over Mm. the years you know and at the end of the day like the you know daz is a bloody good cook and he's a really good guy and he's the same you know like we we enjoy
0: spending time with other people. We're not we're not little divas. We don't, you know. People love that. Um, you know the filming you've done recently, yeah. the out there in the bush. I think it's sort of what we all want to do. There's nothing better than lighting a fire, cooking up some beautiful meat, which you guys have been doing, and you know, like filming that and having that as a part of your brand. Accidentally, probably because it's what you like doing, is is a great recipe. Tell me about the hunting. Your philosophies there on on sustainable type, we've been using the whole animal. I know it's something that has been around or we've spoken about a lot for a long time and but not everyone does it, that's for sure. And 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 link that back into what's going on with um, you know that sea spirity thing that's on television and tell me tell yeah, me what, so what your
1: take on that my is. My take on it like I'm I'm not a marine biologist. I'm, you know like I'm definitely a conservationist. But yeah, I do. I do pull craze each year. Like I do shoot fish. Um, it's it's what I use to feed our family. Like I, I I'm a subsistence hunter. I only take the things that I'm going to eat personally, uh, or for my family. And it's not like I sh- kill things to try and find a home for them later. Um, you know, this is the food that we. This is the food that we live off at home. And I, I realise that it's a very privileged position to be in. I've mm. been a diver and a fr- like a free diver and spearo for. 20 plus years you know and then so I had always had quite a good understanding of the ocean and, and a good a good and felt very comfortable in there and then I think it was just a progression of time before I started to be like okay so what's ha- what's happening land-based you know like you know what's happening with these wild goats and you know you know what's, what's the story with these deer and and then I've also had to look at our food system as you know at the journey as a, as a chef you sort of turn up and you're like Am I good enough? You know, like they're the first questions you ask and I still ask that today. Um, you know, and then you sort of learn about it and you go, oh, actually, I, you know, I, I feel okay, comfortable in here. You know, okay, where does this come from? And you start to learn about produce and then, you know, and how you can work with different types of produce and you have a, a deep understanding of like the mechanics of produce. You know, like how do you break down an animal? Or how do you age an animal? Or, you know, like, how do I, how do I utilize different cuts? And then you start looking at the food system And then I think that once I started looking at the food system, I was like, this is shit, it's fucking broken here. You know, like, why do we behave the way that we do? Um, And that's what sort of led me into being an ambassador with the guys from Poverty Meats. You know, that's the most ethical beef available in Australia today. All, you know, killed on site, mobile abattoir, regenerative farmers. Um, You know, these guys are doing an amazing, an amazing job and, I feel like I had a good understanding of that because of, I, I started to engage with hunting. And as I got involved, the more I got involved with hunting, the more I realized that like, this is just, this is the way that it, it should be. Like I feel, it feels extremely familiar to me and I've only been doing it for sort of three and a half years. Um, you know, for our wedding, we, we hunted and gathered all the, all the proteins that we needed for the wedding. You know, we die for craze and shot the kingfish and you know, heap of deer and a bunch of goats and all the rest of it mm. so we sort of had this huge feast on like the work that I'd done you know with different groups of people who were my buddies you know got there's guys who are divers that are not hunters so hang out with those guys and we go collect craze and bullfish and and then you know hang out with the guys that are pretty handy with the rifle and then we get a bunch of goats and and some deer and we just yeah we made this amazing feast that sort of came from and it's just like this just feels like this feel this feels so right, um, but yeah, going back to that food system, like learning about what happens with vermin in this country, or what animals that are considered to be vermin and the, the control measures that are put in place by the DPI, and, you know, the New South Wales and Victorian government, it's quite sickening uh, the money that's spent and the the, val- the volume of life that is lost, and some of the perception around the deer, the deer in particular, was that. You know they're shit to eat, or they're hard to work with. But th- that is our preferred—that's our
0: preferred protein you know, at home. I actually brought you some deer meat. So, yeah, I know. You know. I was hoping you kept that promise. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I said on so, the way <laughs> Scarlett, he's promised some deer. I hope he remembers. I'm yeah, not going to ask.
1: So, you know, and it's like this—this this animal is phenomenal to eat. It's like, and in other countries, it's so revered. Mm. And then there's this real stigma around hunting in Australia that it's you know. <laughs> dudes sinking Bundy cans and driving around on the back of a ute and you know shooting, shooting shit you know yeah. and it's like that's it's, it's horrible there are some people that are like that and that's yeah. and they do taint it for, mm. for everybody but um, you know I think that like we show a lot of care and respect towards these animals I wanted to understand like what their life cycle is how they're living and what's been what isn't being utilised from it and then you sort of learn that this is the most nutritious, you know, this is the most nutrient dense red meat protein available in Australia today. And they just, there's quite literally, you know, almost 10 million of them killed a year and left to rot on the ground.
0: It's like, this is, this is broken, mm. you know. There's lots of it around right in Noosa, which people might not even realize there's heaps around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And like, uh, I've got a deer hanging in my garage at the moment in my cool room. Like, it's, yeah. like it, it's, it's just, it's very, very normal. And I think that if you took a step back a hundred years, what I'm doing right now or what, we'll, you know, yeah. there's a group of us that are sort of living like this, this was completely normal behavior. It's
0: just seen as something special today. Yeah, so, 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 so with that, like you're doing it for home and, and, and great. I sort of want to touch on, is that something that you can put through, you know, the business model? I just, I, I just that a massive, can't. Like, yeah, yeah. I
1: just hope. Like, I've had a, I've made a bit of noise about it, and that we've had a couple of articles uh, yeah. written about, you know, the deer and and you know the measures that are taking, in play, taking place to sort of eradicate them. I really hope that. So between Victoria and New South Wales, is about thirty million dollars spent a year to eradicate deer. And they could just give that to me and you. Yeah, we could sort something out. Yeah, we fucking have a big party. <laughs> you know? But um, you, you could set up an infrastructure where these animals could still be harvested you could put money into the landholders hands by processing the animals and you could bring a clean wild organic protein source to market at a reasonable price point like we still have people in Australia that you know that are that, that have a, a low nutrient-dense diet that have an in like in you know it, they're, they're not being fed or nourish sufficiently Mm. and you know we still have people who are relying on you know assistance from the government as well so why don't we try and roll some of that in together i think that the basic principle like that whole idea that food is medicine and if you eat well then you know your general well-being Mm. uh, increases with that so some people still don't recognize that those the links between the two but you know i've never I've never felt better, and we eat extremely well at
0: home so how do we how do we uh as normal people and, the, and and you know some of the people who listen to this you know we're you know they're chefs and they're working and you know like what would be the first step that you'd say to to push yourself towards a lifestyle potentially like this? I realize like you said it's 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 almost privilege these days it was normal a hundred yeah, years ago what would be the what's some little steps that people can make towards i think it's like it's finding out about what's available
1: in your local area you know or like if you are interested around this you know the most the easiest way or the most productive way of of taking a deer is to use the rifle um so you know get yourself down to your the double s double a and register yourself and Become a part of a gun club. Like it mm-hmm. sounds really fucking handy yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. it's, it's, you know, it's almost what, it's and it's got like to and get your skills up. You yeah. know, and and because you want to be a competent, you want to be a competent hunter, um, and start off with small game and just start. You know, knocking over a couple of bunnies and some ducks and and you can find that you'll be like, wow, these these are amazing to eat. And then you know, sort of move on to the to the bigger game. But there's a complete lifestyle that's attached to it. You know, it's. I do feel as though it's a part of our DNA. Like we all come from a heritage of hunters and gatherers. Um, we just don't really have that today. Yeah. Um, so I think that, and there's there's all this there's all this camaraderie that comes. You know, you, you go out to the bush, you camp, you hike, you lug these animals on your back to get them back to the to the ute, and y- you know there's a lot of work involved with with collecting you know with with hunting Mm. and then you honor it you know you'll eat every last skerrick of meat off that animal because you know exactly how it died and you know like when you look into the eyes of an animal as it's taking its last breath like it's fucking confronting Mm. so you need to make
0: sure that you're that's how you're willing to to eat you know? I feel like it's an it's something we should do. If you're going to eat meat, it's almost like you should. Well, these yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we get of- I don't want to fucking know about yeah, it yeah. But it's, it's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and then you know, like the bonds that form. I, I think particularly for for men, you know, traditionally speaking, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like drug and alcohol related like culture. You know, yeah. let's go out and have a couple of beers, and oh, mate, I'm having a hard time. You know and that I'm not interested in that you know like I would much rather get outside and and you sort of you work for this common goal which is like to provide for your families Um, it's got purpose not just shooting something for. that's right that's right and then I find the animals so celebrated and you get so celebrated you know like Shoot an animal, there's, there's a, at that point, you know, if you've shot the animal well and then you do a good job of like field dressing, you're like, you feel proud of yourself, you know, you like, you eat the heart and liver that night over around the campfire, or you bank the livers for, like, I've been banking the livers for our daughter, um, and then. You know, when you bring all that meat back and you age it and you break it down and you turn it into a meal and every time you eat it it's like that was delicious like there's all these there's another little snippet of reward Mm. that's attached to it you know when you go and pick up a chicken breast from the market that's wrapped in polystyrene you don't you're not like a chicken you know but Mm. every time I go to the freezer and I pull out a packet of meat and you know it's written what it is it's like, oh, I remember that red deer stag, or I remember that hind, you know, like, you know, you, you remember the animals, you remember the hunt, and then you become extremely nourished from it, and then if you have, you, like, when you share it with your family, and the response is, that's delicious, there's another, you know, it's, just, it's all just reaffirming that this is the right way to do things, so. What about your vegetables, mate? Let's talk about vegetables. I eat a few of those, yeah. Do you? Do you, do you, do you have that? <laughs> I actually have a couple of veg. Like, I do still have vegetarian nights. So I've still yeah. like a massive carnivore, <laughs> and I am. But yeah, we still. I've, I've had a. Cra- I'm actually a terrible vegetable grower, so okay. I can grow chilies and cherry tomatoes. Apart from that, I'm fucking useless. Herbs, got a few herbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
0: so, but um, yeah. I suppose that's that's your gig.
1: That's my gig.
0: I like, yeah. I like you got a you got a really good story. Um. Um, inspiring, what's your, what's your, um, what's your advice for young cats coming into the game? Listen,
1: just listen, I think, in the beginning, I, like, I don't know, like, I, I sound like an old man when I think like, oh, you know, when we came through, but I think about what it was like when we came through and, you know, you, you do huge hours and you're tired and fatigued, but you're learning so much. Um, mm-hmm you learn so much about yourself you learn so much about like your own personal resilience um, and then you also have this insane amount of data and knowledge that's just been pouring into you and you actually don't realise it yeah. until you walk away from it you're like I actually learned so much in that space it's good to ask
0: yourself that question every now and again particularly when you are completely fucked like where, what have I learned? where am I at what have mm. I done the last four months because you don't you're actually so in the thing that yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and like I think that there's just a real evolution with being a
1: chef and, you like, you constantly want to be, be getting better at your at your craft. Yeah. So but there's also times where you're like, okay, well, you know, let's let's do the craft and let's make space for, you know, like family and, and lifestyle. And I find that that's been, that's been the key for me.
0: Yeah. I've got a few questions that I, I sort of nearly ask everyone about, you know, food waste in the kitchen and stuff like that. Like, what just so we can learn if there's anything that you might be doing that the next place is not doing or something, yeah. is it? What's something that you're doing in relation to food waste in in the Ducks' kitchens? Like
1: all the scraps that we that we can't turn into anything, uh, they all go into an organic like composting unit that gets picked up from all the venues. Yeah. Um, In Byron, we actually do it ourselves. That's why there's a heap of dump trucks up there. But, um,
0: yeah, like yeah, we we turn into compost. Yeah. Yeah. What's um What's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it oh man (laughs) i put a lot of time working these questions out
1: (laughs) Um, we uh we got really excited about a space many moons ago I was probably like year two of the darks and we were like really excited and it was a space down on cleveland street and you know we realized that up until this point it was always like You're as good as your word. Like, I sort of live by that. You're as good as your word. If someone says, yep, you can do something, you can do it. If somebody says, you know, you have permission or that's, you know, they're they're going to do something, well, then they're going to do it. Um, And then realise that that was a pretty valuable business lesson, you know, until you see it written down or it's locked up with the lawyers. Like, you know, some bloke can tell you exactly what you want to hear, but it may not be the truth. Mm. Um, So we were told that. We could go into this space and we could start the demolition works to build a new restaurant so we we went in there and we started tearing it down and, and then they hadn't had permission like they were trying to sublease it to us and they hadn't had position permission and shit hit the fan and you know we ended up having to go to court and we and we lost a lot of money in the very early days it was very very crippling like it's about a year's worth of profits and i think that That from a business perspective was our our biggest fuck up.
0: Yeah, right. That's a so sign up. The advice there is sign up
1: before you just just make sure that you just don't listen to what everybody tells you that you can do. Like see it in writing.
0: What books are you reading at the moment, or Um, have read that you like?
1: I am. I just I just I read uh, Boy Swallows Universe and then I think his, his second book has got um, All Us Shimmering Skies or something um, it's an Australian author I can't even think of his name right now But
0: uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look it up and put it in the notes yeah
1: yeah but he's a legend yeah. um, an Australian author it's very very Australian and like, I love the storytelling of it and you know one of them set in, in Brisbane and the other one set in the Northern Territory during World War II okay. and it's just like it's just I love it it's really interesting it reminds me of wouldn't be dead for quids i can't remember who that author is either. and breath i read breath recently and like obviously that resonated pretty deeply with me being a free diver which so much is about is about breath yeah and then you know like some of those breathing techniques were used during the labor of, mm. of ava so it was kind of like that's that another book that sort
0: of resonated pretty hard i'm sure you don't spend hardly any time in front of a tv but What's your, what's your, what's, what's something you've watched in the last six months that you've gone that's fucking awesome? MotoGP, GP.
1: I religiously watch MotoGP. Ah, okay, GP. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not my octopus teacher. Or <laughs> I actually watched that. I actually watched that. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what else did I watch that I really liked? I don't know. Like, Hanny and I, we started watching Ballers, you know, The Rock. Love the
0: rock. That was cool, isn't it? <laughs> good, good, good. We're getting to know you here. Um, what advice would you give to your, uh, your young self now? Don't be such a fucking hothead. Um, don't be such a Don't hothead. be such a hothead. Okay. Don't be such a
1: hothead. Just be, yeah, just try and be calmer. But I think that,
0: you, yeah, you listen. Listen more than you speak. Big billboard that's clear, and they want you to put something on it. What are you going to say? You know, these are standard sort of podcast <laughs> questions, right? But you know, you've got an opportunity from you to the world. What's it going to say?
1: Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think I just think something along the lines of like, you know, think think about like, think about the world that we're creating. You know, I think that we can get so absorbed in like making money and, and business and driving forward and success and all that sort of stuff. But like, I think that the general population's attitude, or like, we, we're not, we don't hold ourselves as accountable as we should do for protecting our environment. So, I think that if we, I think if if we were more considered around caring for our home, as
0: in our home Earth, I think we'd. Living in a nicer place. Okay, you got to bring that down. That's way too much to read driving past. That's heaps to read. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> fucking big ass billboard. Uh, I think I know. Uh, how do you? How do you? Oh, I'll skip that one. That's how you get inspiration. But I'm sure it's out bush. Um, um, you know, is it your is it your wife and family that make you be inspired to be the best you? Uh, yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. I found. Um, like I have, I have an amazing, amazing wife. Her name's Hannah, um, and I think that you know, as we, you know, you know nine years ago, whenever, nine years ago it is now. Um, when we first fell in love with each other, I, I think that a lot of things softened for me. You know, they softened in business, and they softened, you know, in the workplace and stuff, and so it's kind of like you've got somebody that holds you accountable you know like if you pop off or you're a little bit hot-headed and you tell that story at the dinner table it's like so you said what? you know you're like ooh it, like I need to keep this in check now you know so I think that having somebody that holds you accountable has, uh, has so been pretty good she's thing. reduced your hot-headedness she's so. definitely
0: reduced my hot-headedness what is uh, one of the, what's a resource like a, a tangible resource that has just been like you know you've had to have that help you you know get through your career more so resource is it your knife (laughs) Those
1: are good um I think I think there's just there's a camaraderie that forms and you 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 find your people within the industry and you know I find that like Daz has definitely been one of those guys like I you know I came into his life and he came into my life when I I was 20 years old I'm 39 now Mm. um you know, we've always stayed pretty good mates and, you know, we've had a heap of adventures together. But there's like, there's that, there's, a, there's like a camaraderie that forms there and, and you find that there's that resource of your workmates, you know, and as they, as you grow and that, you know, the group of those people come, they, like they get thicker and thicker and there's more and more people. And it's like, you know, like if, if she's hitting a fan or, you know, something I don't know, I'll call you know, Matt Stone, or you know, or, or, or Moyle, or you know, and be like, mate, you know, what do you think about this? Or just getting somebody else's yeah. take on something, like good answer. You're not, you're not alone.
0: That was my other bit. Like, what other chefs inspire you? I, I know your group. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know um, your plus. My group. My, <laughs> I,
1: I've really found my my group in the last couple of years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, David Moyle curated an event on Flinders Island uh, a couple of years back for the Flinders Island Crayfish Festival, and from this, like, we've become a very heavily bonded group of, of people and you know Joe Barrett and Matty Stone, Filesy, Moyle. Um, so yeah, we sort of, we knock around together a bit and it's just you know, they're a really good group of people.
0: Did you do that trip with James? Did you go for a bit of a 4 drive with him somewhere? No, no, no. You just no, met no. him somewhere. No, he's, I don't want to sit in the car for fucking two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, booked up to do that at the end of the year, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, beautiful. That's it, man. Cool. You're awesome, man. Thanks totally so inspiring man. to the industry. Them people you just spoke about also, you nice. know, I like to think of them as my people too. And um, Matt and Joe doing that wonderful thing down there. In, in the oh, um, man. Have you been awesome. down there? Yeah, yeah. We, we did a podcast with Yoast and Joe like two weeks ago. Oh, man.
1: Like, that is, that is hands down my. My, that's my best food experience in Australia, hands down. Yeah. Uh, I was, we? I'm blown. Like, they are on the cutting edge of creativity and innovation. And okay. that sounds so wanky to say, but it's just like. It's so true. I uh, just. What about. They, I don't think you could have asked for better people to do it. No, I, don't, I agree. What about the tiger nut? How cool is that? Yeah, mate. Like, there's, a, there's 50 stories in that meal yeah. of yeah. like. How cool is that? How about the beetles that are eating the polystyrene? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what about using your like the own your own waste to heat the venue? You know, you, you're growing food within your space. You're Like, mate, that is a completely off the grid building, and you can live like a king. Yeah. You know, they're growing fish like champions. That you, you know, we're eating um, the yabbies and the trout. And I was just like, this is this isn't.
0: It's so inspiring. Mm. So. Yeah, no, we, we we went and spent the whole day with Josh with Joe and Matt and it's like they just pushed their whole diary aside or put it back two hours and we were drinking bolters and really we got the full tour about the floor downstairs yeah. and the mushroom and, 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 yeah, and the wood. It's, awesome. Oh, it's, and, awesome. And, it's and awesome. And it still inspires us and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm working on some buildings for the future and I'm just like, Man, we have to have this, this. Yeah, this it's like, and this. it makes you think. Like we, we need to do more. Yeah, you know, and you
1: see guys like, like Yosti and like Yoshi rubs a couple of people up the wrong way. Like he, he's he's, he's the king of call-out culture. You know, like <laughs> yeah. if he thinks that an organization's doing the wrong thing by the earth, he's they're like, mate, fuck, fuck, you guys. You know, yeah. and he, he's passionate, and he's inspiring. You know, and he's he's full on trailblazer. Yeah, and then you know you've got the, the cooking skill set that comes from. Maddie and Joe like you know with all these like restrictions essentially that you would call it mm. you know with
0: how are they going to curate a menu and then wh- what these guys are able to create is like you is should um, listen to that podcast with guess. I didn't actually speak the whole time I pretty <laughs> much sat down and he just talked for <laughs> an hour and, a half. and it was and it was fantastic like I was like yes and when it was time every now and again, like every now and again he went blank and what, what and then? waiting for seen... me to ask a question yeah. I was just like um, <laughs> where, where <are> we even <laughs> know what I never I just went like this I don't know what that's for yeah but, um, yeah yeah inspiring he, he's yeah, yeah he's
1: an, an incredible human and just like when you, you there's a couple of those people that you when you get to have a bit of time with them you realise that they can they just have such an impact on you mm. yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. and that's why we're doing this because you have impact as well on loads but speed. I don't I don't think of
1: myself like no you I'm don't and if you did so you wouldn't by the right. way you know yeah. the people who think like that yeah
0: you know then it's sort of, you lose it, so, you
1: know. We're filming a YouTube series this year. Cool. And yeah, so tell me more about that. We're filming a YouTube series about
0: how to be a hunter-gatherer. Awesome, I was actually gonna say before when you were talking about hunting, that you could actually open up a whole bloody class for people to learn how to do it, because there are guys who, have, who just can't. And don't know yeah, we're gonna learn.
1: So we've decided to, so I'm, I'm gonna do four, there's four trips that are happening today um oh, this year sorry and you know we just had one for the red deer Raw, and then we have another one that's uh fly fishing in the snowy mountains with joe barrett and then the next one is a dark mouth deer hunting trip and then the last one is 1770 um spear fishing and line fishing for uh out of the bunker group so the whole premise of the show is that we get together different chefs come with me on different adventures like we all cook together like we hunt and gather essentially so it's like how do we break down a deer what do we do with it Uh, but also the process of of hunting you know what does it take to actually stalking an animal properly how do
0: people find out about this
1: we've started a we started a channel a YouTube channel we're in the very early stages at the moment um, Do I so get like an
0: early discount
1: if I sign up now? You don't there's nothing to buy just watch <laughs> shit um, but some really cool brands have come aboard to, to support it so you know Yeti su- support us and GoPro and Daiwa and Patagonia and so um, and Pirate Life Brewing have, you know give us give us beers to drink while we're away single origin roasters so there's an amazing group of brands that have said you know what we, like, we want to support this project and then you know, so we've, yeah, we're having a bloody good laugh. Uh, awesome. bloody, like we had a, we had that week away, and that's what we filmed. So we did like these elaborate cooking scenes, um, using deer, and, you know, smoking meats over a
0: campfire and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: So very very excited about that. So best way to find out about that, like follow you on Instagram. What, what's follow your us bad? on Instagram. So at what, some point, what's, will... what's your
1: Instagram? Mark three, Mark three Blue Yeah, yep. yeah, that's my Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, I'm quite dormant on there. I need to probably activate that a little bit more. But um, at some point, we've got a, yeah, we've got an Instagram handle, Catch and Cook, Catch and Cook TV. Um, I don't think it's got any posts up or anything at the moment, but yep. we'll start to inundate that with with content so, at some point. Okay. So. That That's how awesome. you get to see it. Then at the end of the year, we want to cut it all together and, and enter that into the Banff uh short film festival in a in a, in a, hunting, in a wild space show off. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I'm
0: signing up. <laughs> <laughs> mate, thanks again. You're awesome. Cheers, mate. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry we're still